We will continue with the gospel lesson, uh, which serves as the base of our sermon today, uh, which comes from the gospel of Mark chapter 7. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephetha, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened. His tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is God's word. My brothers and sisters, uh, when I was in college, I worked at a meat department in a grocery store, and I had a coworker named Craig. Craig was low 30s. Uh, he had been married a few years, and he was orphaned at age 15. Uh, both of his parents overdosed on heroin uh, in the same year. And Craig was a recovering addict himself, so he, he had seen a lot of life. But Craig was a nice guy, and he was my friend. Uh, but there was one summer where uh, I was back from college, and I didn't see him for a few months, and I figured maybe he got a different job. But at the end of the summer, after those months, I saw him again. He was back at work, and well, he looked noticeably skinnier. He looked like he hadn't slept in, in months. And so I, I said, oh, hey, Craig, how's it going? You doing okay? And, and he said, oh, yeah, 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 I'm fine. That lasted about 30 minutes. Uh, 30 minutes into our shift, uh, we were talking, and he spilled. Craig had been in prison. He was in prison because he was caught trespassing on the property of the man who impregnated his wife. And he had caught uh, that man and his wife cheating uh, in his own house several times before that. Rock bottom. I still remember Craig's face when he looked at me and said, Sam, I don't have anybody. Nobody cares about me. Not even my wife cares about me. And I didn't really know how to respond. We're at work. And so I said, well, Jesus loves you which is true, but not the right time to say that. And he looked at me and said, really? Jesus loves me? Then why has Jesus given me nothing but pain my entire life? If Jesus loves me, why does he never answer any of my prayers? What has Jesus done for me? Maybe you can relate. Yeah, we know Jesus loves us. We know that, like the people in Mark 7 said, he does all things well. Jesus does everything well, yet, well, it can be hard to, to really believe that sometimes. If Jesus is doing everything well, well, why did he let my parents die? Why did he let my marriage fail? Why did he let my friends get sick? 
If Jesus is doing all things well, why is he letting a virus completely dismantle our society? If Jesus is doing all things well, why is he letting fires and hurricanes and natural disasters completely destroy so many homes and lives? How can we say that Jesus does all things well when so many things are not going well? Well, my prayer for you today is that when you see what Jesus did for that deaf man in Mark 7 and what he has done for you, you will be able to say with joy and satisfaction, well, he does all things well. And that's the theme for today, Jesus does all things well. Part one, Jesus does all things well for you. And part two, Jesus does all things well through his word. In Mark 7, Jesus is back at the Decapolis. The Decapolis is a region of about 10 cities that uh, is right by Jesus' home country. So you have to remember, Jesus' people, the Jews, they're very focused on obedience to the law, staying on the straight and narrow. But the people of the Decapolis, they're Greeks. And Greeks aren't super worried about the law. No, they, they like the arts. They like pleasure and experience. They like to party. And so when they see this Jesus guy come in, well, they're not looking for a savior from sin. No, they're looking for a show. And so they hear about this Jesus guy who who the last time he was in the Decapolis, he cast out 2,000 demons from one person, put them all into pigs, and then all those pigs jumped off a cliff. So they're thinking, wow, we got to see this guy. I'm not missing that. So a group of them bring a man who was uh, deaf and mute, He probably wasn't deaf his whole life. Uh, We think that he probably developed his deafness and then lost his ability to uh, communicate slowly, something really, really tragic. But they bring him, and they ask that Jesus would put his hand on him so that he could be healed. Mark doesn't tell us the motivation of these people. Uh, Maybe they really cared about this guy and wanted to see him healed. Maybe they just wanted to see something cool. Maybe both. But Jesus agrees to do what they ask, but he's not giving them what they probably want. You see, Jesus takes this man away from everyone else so that no one can see him, and then he continues to do what he's going to do. But you know what I'm thinking if I'm that crowd? Shoot! No! Don't take him away! Come on, why can't we see? Man, maybe this Jesus guy isn't the real deal. Why isn't he going to do his miracle in front of us? Maybe he's not who he says he is. Maybe I shouldn't have left my home today. What a waste. And we have to admit, it can be really hard to trust Jesus when we don't see what we wish we could see from him. Now, how can we say Jesus does all things well? Well, if Jesus is doing all things well, why does he never answer any of my prayers? Why does he send so many hard and difficult things into my life that don't make sense? Especially when I'm praying, especially when I'm going to church and giving my money, I'm doing all the right things. What's Jesus done for me? The problem isn't that question, but what's behind that question? You see, when we ask, what's Jesus done for me? How can he, we say, oh, he does all things. Well, we're assuming that If Jesus is doing all things well, then he's doing all things how I want him to do them. If Jesus is doing all things well, then he's getting rid of all my problems, and he's making my life easier, and he's giving me everything that I want. That's how I tell if Jesus is good. Jesus is good and does all things well if he does everything 
I want him to do. Well, when I say it like that, it sounds selfish. It kind of is. But that's how humans naturally relate to God. We don't want a a God. We want a divine vending machine in the sky. When we really look at our hearts and the way that we pray sometimes, a lot of times we realize we don't want a God. We just want a a divine genie that if we rub the right way and we, we say the right prayers and we give our money to the right places and we say the right things and we're in the right place on Sunday morning, well, then that genie's really gonna give us what we really want. We don't want God. We just want more money. We want a nicer house, nicer car, better job, better marriage, better kids, more self-esteem. And if Jesus can give me that, awesome, great. But if not, why am I wasting my time with him? And if that's how we look at God, if we really don't want God for God, why would he want us? Especially when we really don't have much to offer him. See, the truth is that even if Jesus did did get rid of all your problems and he gave you more money and everything that you wanted, it really wouldn't be enough. It wouldn't be enough. You wouldn't really be happy. You wouldn't truly be satisfied because the one thing that your heart needs, the one thing that you can truly be satisfied with is the one thing that we throw away when we go for all that other stuff and that is the unconditional love and acceptance, a, a relationship with our creator. You don't need uh, an easier life. You don't need more stuff. You need God to love you for you. And he does. You see, God himself came to you. He came on earth not to punish you, not to condemn you, but to be punished and condemned for you. On Christmas night, he came and became one of you to to know exactly what it feels like to be a human. And he did everything right. He was the perfect human being, the one thing that none of us could do. And then he took all of our punishment and the pain and the death and hell itself and he put it on his shoulders on the cross. And then he rose victoriously from the grave showing you that you don't have to be afraid of death. You don't have to be afraid of anything because he is in control of everything. And then when he ascended into heaven to to show us that everything that he did, it is completely finished. It is all done. And now he is ruling over all things in heaven for you. So that you can say with joy and confidence, my God loves me for me. Not because I'm really good, not because I uh, am a great Christian. No, he loves me for me. He gave himself for me. He let himself be crushed for me. He rose for me. And now he is ruling all things for me. And when he decides the time is right, he is going to take me away from this world of pain and chaos and and sickness and and death, a place where I'll never truly be satisfied, and he's going to take me home to him. Where I will finally feel the one thing that I've been begging to feel, true joy in his presence. He has done all things well. Jesus does all things well for you 
And Jesus does all things well through his word. You look at Mark 7, what does he do? Okay, so first he takes the man by himself so that no one can see him. What's he doing? He's communicating with the man. I'm not doing this for them. No, when I heal you, I'm going to do it for you. What does he do next? Well, he spits on his fingers and touches the ears and the tongue of the man. Ew. Why? Well, because it was known back then that saliva had antiseptic properties. It was associated with healing. And so he's actually saying to him, I'm going to heal your ears and your tongue. What does he do next? It's subtle. Um, The the NIV has a, a deep sigh that's not quite as strong as the Greek communicates. Literally, the, the Greek says a, a painful groan. Like, like it, he's actually in pain. What's he saying? He's, he goes up to the man and he groans and he says, I feel your pain. When you had to deal with the horror of losing your hearing and your ability to communicate and you didn't think anyone could hear you, I heard you. And when you had to deal with the pain of being an outcast of society, I suffered with you. I feel your pain. But that's not what heals him. That's not what heals him. Notice what Mark does. It's actually really cool. He just leaves the word completely untranslated in Aramaic. Ephetha. Be open. And the same word coming from the same person that used his word to create the universe Well, then he used his word to open this man's ears and tongue, and just like that, he's fine. He can hear everything, and he can talk like he's been talking his entire life. And so Jesus takes him back to the crowds, and, and he doesn't ask. He actually says, do not tell anyone. So naturally, they tell everyone. And people hear about this, And they see this man who they knew was completely deaf. They knew could not talk. And he's hearing everything and he's talking like he's been talking in his entire life. And they have nothing to say other than, wow. He has done all things well. And we say it too. We say that too. Not because Jesus is really powerful and does a lot of miracles. Uh, We know that he can but because he has given us an unconditional love, an unconditional relationship based not on our goodness, but on his. And he has promised us that, yeah, this is not our home. He's going to take us home to be with him. He's given so much to us. He's given himself for us. Now, this love that he gives us, how does that cement itself into our hearts? How does that change us. Well, that's actually a miracle. And God does that miracle, interestingly enough, the same way that he did the miracle in Mark 7. Through his word. You see, right now, all of you are being changed and restored and renewed by the Holy Spirit through the gospel, through the message of Jesus' love for you, through his promises for you. That's how the Holy Spirit works. That's how he changes you. We see this in baptism, right? We combine the word with just a little bit of water, and God performs the mightiest miracle. He takes a person from the clutches of Satan and brings him into his family. 
And right now, the Holy Spirit is in your hearts, and he is creating faith, faith that trusts in and hopes in and loves God for God. And that is only something, that's something only God can do. If this is true, then this completely changes the way that we think about our relationship with Jesus. Because if Jesus allows something to go into our lives that, that hurts that, or that doesn't make sense, we know it's not because he doesn't care about us, because he's proven that he has. And it's not because he's not in control or powerful enough to uh, make it not happen. No, he's proven that he is in control of everything. And it's not because he's distant. It's not because he, he somehow doesn't know what it's like to be human. He does. And he's proven to us that he feels our pain. I mean, parents, when, you're, when your kids go through something difficult and they're in pain, it, it hurts you worse, doesn't it? So how much more will your heavenly father feel the things that you go through? That means that if God lets something into your, into your life, it must be for your good. Even if you don't find out why until you get to heaven. You know, when the crowd said, oh, he does all things well, you know, they only understood a fraction of who Jesus was. They understood miracle Jesus, but we have the whole picture. We have the Jesus that saves, that loves us, that has risen himself for us, and that is ruling all things for us, and who's going to take us home with him. And with everything that he has done for you and everything that he has promised to do for you, you can say, in all, situa in all situations, even as tears are rolling down your face, you can say with a quiet joy, he has done all things well. Amen. <laughs>